Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics, and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance, and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct, and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words, and here is your host, Mark Homer. David, welcome. I've known you for a number of years. You run a, a company called Essential Information Group, which is a se- essentially an auction website. David, yep. t- tell us a little bit about your yourself and your, your business and what you do. Okay, about myself, I was brought up in Jersey, left there or, or moved to uh, London in the late 70s to read law at Kingston Poly, got a law degree and then went on to do the bar exams. I never intended to practice law, but I thought a professional qualification law would help me in later life and uh, that's proved to be very true in green contracts and understanding how the world works. Actually, while I was waiting to be called to the bar, I got a job as a labourer on a building site. I remember the place well, it was a, a house in West London being converted into flats. And within a couple of weeks there, I was offered a, a partnership in, in the project. And it went from there, really. In the 80s, I was buying and selling properties in, in uh, mainly central London, Kensington, Pimlico, and a, and a few in Battersea, which went very well. Business was good. I had one of the first mobile phones, so I could talk to people while I was on the move. And, and then it all went wrong in the 88, when uh, the then Chancellor, I think it was Nigel Lawson, removed Mara's relief on your home mortgage. I mean... Um, a lot of people don't believe that, can't believe it, that you would get tax relief on your first £30,000 of your mortgage payments. I mean, It's amazing, it's, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that was uh, it, it, almost, that was 28 years ago. Yeah, uh, actually goes on in America, that, I think. Yes, uh, does Yeah, yeah, or maybe about to stop, yeah. The effect of that was, and I was living in Pimlico and a lot of estate agency friends, and I think it, it ended around the 16th of August, uh, 1988, and there was such a feeding frenzy for properties that people were run, rushing round to try and secure their property before the drop of this taxation relief. A little bit, we saw a similar thing, but not so extensive when the stamp duty went up uh, earlier this year, but mm. it was, um, went up. And so all these people were buying properties, prices went up overnight. And when it was, uh, uh, the taxation relief was withdrawn, everybody's just started saying, what has happened? What has happened? And they were left with, um, properties perhaps they hadn't some hadn't seen and um that's really what i think it all started going wrong in the early 90s and we were we sort of suffered as a result of being uh, owning quite a lot of stock in 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 central london and it was time to look for a new uh, a job really well i've been fairly active in the auction market buying and selling and one thing that always frustrated me was nobody really knew what things sold for and there was no central record so i came up with the idea of faxing out and this is in 1989 1990 faxing out on the night of of the sale the results of every london property auction and this would be a first because (laughs) before if you weren't in the auction room you didn't know no some some auctioneers would publish their results two months later when the next catalogue came out but that's no use to you and we called the business fax wise it was quite interesting because fax machines then cost about a thousand pounds and some people listening to this probably don't even know what a fax machine looks like, let alone use one. And we had some software written, is the first of its kind, which allowed us to present to a computer. My first computer had 20 meg of hard drive. Now people have gigabytes of RAM. And we wrote some software where we could present it with a uh, list of fax numbers and, and the machine, the computer, connected to the telephone network, would dial each of those numbers individually and send a fax. That's where we were at. 
and this really took off that people could then find out a few hours after an auction finished what things sold for and that was really the start of the business back in 1990. Yeah, I mean, from a personal point of view, I, I would find that so valuable, you know, because all the time I'm trying to look for comparables when I'm, I'm viewing properties or I'm deciding what to bid on a property. So I can imagine having that service, and, and obviously I've used your now service for many years. I, I, I find it extremely valuable. I should imagine in those early days, though, you'd have probably had some people that absolutely loved you, like me, but uh, I suspect maybe there were some auctioneers, some market participants who were like, yes. hey, wait a minute, they, you know, they're quite, quite scared by this. Well, they were actually. And certainly once the database came out, when all this information was freely available and we, we've had a database where people can inter- put in a street name, for example, or town and see what's been sold in it since 1993. Originally, it would reside on the client's machine and be updated by post and then by email and from 96 it was available online but i used to get phone calls fairly serious phone calls from dealers saying hi david is your business for sale i said no why <laughs> why are you interested they say because you want to shut the bloody thing down yeah. because it yeah. was so spoiling their market because uh, what they, because they, they, thought, they didn't want all of the the market participants knowing what was going on was that was uh, that what it yeah, was yes yeah, a that and b yeah. if they were trying to spin it on to somebody else they didn't want the person who was buying it to know what they paid for it no well i'd hate that and uh, <laughs> you know when i when land registry started becoming you know more easier and easier to use you yeah. know um, and and there was more information i don't know through the voa on the size of yeah. buildings and you know right move and all this sort of stuff as that started to come actually i, I was in two minds because i think well it's great i can get the information but bloody hell everyone else understands what they're worth as well because i I could always get that information anyway in the early days because I just knew how to dig a bit deeper and get hold of it. So, uh, but of course, it's inevitable, isn't it? The, the yeah, it is. information—that's the yeah. way it moves—and and, and more and more information goes out. You know, right to the extent that the average average man in the street knows what next door sold for. You know, within within a couple of months, just on Google. Indeed, I was, well, I was going to say that. You know, everybody everybody hates information when it affects negatively their position, but everybody loves Google because they can go the go and get the information they want. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's it's fascinating. So so it evolved. It carried on Indeed. evolving from the facts. So tell us more. Well, as a result of that, various auctioneers would come to us. So that there were uh, we were dealing with London ones mainly then, and they said, you know, Dave, we got a real issue with these fax machines because everybody's phoning up the night after the auction or the on the, the day after the auction, saying, could you fax over the results? And and some were buying three or four fax machines and employing temporary staff just to answer the phone and send out the fax. Brilliant. I said, well, I've got a yeah. solution. Yeah. And what we did was using the premium rate network, where you're, yeah. then it was yeah, 39 yeah. pence a minute, yeah. we would put a notice in their catalogs. There's no website then yeah. to say, if you want these results, dial this number from your fax machine on yeah. poll receive, yeah. and it would serve them up automatically. Yeah. Well, the market loved it, and we yeah. would send out, thousands, or the system would, and we'd get a little bit of revenue as well, yeah, which is yeah. handy. Yeah. And that really opened up the market, and, and it made a terrific difference to it. Yeah, making a few quid out of that, were you? We, we, well, uh, the old pint of beer came my way from British <laughs> Telecom, um, <laughs> and we we moved that on to um, a facility whereby we would put a, a small PA system in the room, well, just yeah. a microphone and a, and a what we called a telephone hybrid, connected to the telephone network, so people could again dial up to a premium rate number and listen to the auction as it goes on. Invaluable for vendors wanting to know where the bidding's got to, listen to your lot being sold. And that was really popular. I mean, now we broadcast most of the auctions live online. I'm just looking at my computer screen now, and we've got seven auctions happening online today where you can view the auctioneer selling it, et cetera, et cetera. We had 13 last Thursday. 
who were, where we're broadcasting out to the world via the internet. So that's it. It's it's evolved into this this online kind of behemoth now, hasn't it? Whereby yes. you you aggregate you aggregate all the information from all the auctions. Indeed, we do. And what's important? One of the uh, I remember when I started the business. You know, we had no money, and I was able to get a, a an advert in the EG, and I had a call. Then, when we just gone live with that on Saturday in the EG, and I had a call on the Monday morning from one of the major auctioneers, a gentleman, John, and he said, what's this all about? So I told him, I said, well, let's have lunch. So he said, I'll see you down at the Bombay Brasserie at 12 o'clock today. So I went home, had a shower, put a suit on, went to meet him. He said, what's this all about? And um, so I explained what I believed in and what he said, well, I like that. He said, there's one thing I want you to do, though, for the industry. And he said, report it fairly without fear or favor of anybody. Report what you see and hear and show no favor to anyone. And you know, that was probably the best piece of business advice I've ever had. Mm. And, and it stood, has stood me in good stead for, for 26 years. You know, we report what we see and hear. We don't do any, you know, favors to any auctioneer over and above what we wouldn't do for, for others, as it were. You know, so it's, it's hopefully, you know, what you see and what you read on our website is, is what you would have seen and heard had you been in the auction room. So, so it's more than just a price. It's more than just this lot sold for that amount. Uh, well, it, it, yes, it's it's uh, it, a it's, if it didn't sell what the last bid was, yeah. and also in most cases the auctioneers will give us a, um, a reserve price that it can be bought at post auction, and this is updated on a daily basis post auction. So you see, the an auctioneer say out of a hundred lots might sell sixty five seventy in the room, but post auction another ten might sell, and they will as they're sold be updated on our website. So when you come to look at a property, you're 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 considering a property coming to auction, you can see well. This the a you might see that this property was offered before and didn't sell, and if it's happened, you know, was it because it was what wrong auctioneer who hasn't got the scope into the marketplace, was the reserve too high, or is there something intrinsically wrong? But I think everybody would want to know if they're looking to bid on a property, as I'm sure you do, Mark. Has it been to auction before? And secondly, you get indications to what similar things have sold for. It might have a reserve of fifty thousand, but if everything is selling for eighty, then chances are you've got to be up around that sort of figure. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. You know, because guide prices are causing a huge amount of confusion in the industry at the moment in what they do. You know, I, I remember I was at uh, Peterborough just in February of this year at your um, cash flow. Yeah. You hosted. It was a really good event that I did enjoy that on, on the Saturday, and. In front of 200 people, I said, rapid fire, tell me what you think the guy price is. And I heard, it's a con, it's where the bidding's going to start, it's yeah. what the auction expects to sell yeah. it for. Yeah. I heard all these answers. Yeah, yeah. And then somebody, I remember he was at about three rows back on the left-hand side, he said, it's a good indication as to where the reserve is going to be set. I yeah. said, how do you know that? He said, I saw you speak last Wednesday. He was, out of 200 people, yeah. and a lot of people had bought at auction, yeah. they didn't realize that the guy price is only an indication where the reserve is going to be set, yeah. which is the minimum price that the auctioneer is authorized to uh, sell it at on the day. Yeah. It is not an indication as to what the auctioneer expects to sell it for. Mm. Might sell it for around there, but it's only where the, where the uh, reserve is set. And so really, when you see a property coming for auction, you need to know what's it likely to achieve. And it is a different market to the estate agency market for lots of reasons. Mm. And I know from you know personal point of view, the, the big benefit for me with with the whole essential information service was, you know, I I, I was looking at properties outside of my area. So yeah. they might have been in I don't know, you know, in in Liverpool, or maybe I was looking yep. at stuff in Middlesbrough. Or, and this is more likely, 
I'd have been looking at properties in my area, but they would be at auctions outside of my area, i.e. in London, typically. Yeah. If it was some big asset manager or something like that. And Got it you in know, I, was, I was having to travel all the way down to London to this auction, you know, and, and get in the room and, and start bidding. But that was if I knew about it. And of exactly. course, you know, you're, what, what I realized when I found your service was you told me where the properties in my area were going to be at auction. When they came out of auction, you told me, and you told me what auction they were going to be in. So I didn't have to register for all these, you know, myriad of auction sites, and, and clearly I'd miss a few out. So I never missed a property. The email, the, the service emails me all the stuff through in Peterborough, which, yeah. you know, fits my criteria, and it, and it emails me all the auctions out of area, which, interestingly, is where I found the best deals, because often... I think the auctions which are local to where the property is being sold often have the most most bidders in them. Couldn't agree more. And that's one of the key benefits that, uh, that you get and, and others get. I mean, Peterborough, a great example. If an auctioneer in Manchester was offering a property in Peterborough, the chance of you seeing his advert in the local paper or knowing that, that's what he, that he exists is very slim. And the same goes for all your competitors who are mm. trying to buy. And if they don't know, it means they're not going to be bidding. Mm. And, and that, that is so, so true. I guarantee you won't buy a property unless you know it's going for sale. And, and we have a lot of clients who, who actually just look for properties being offered out of area by regional auctioneers outside their parish and or properties which don't fit their normal catalogue. So say you had a commercial auctioneer, for whatever reason, selling a bedsit in Peterborough and the auctioneer is based in, in uh, Bolton, well, he just doesn't talk to you guys who buy that sort of stuff in Peterborough all the time. Yes, you might find it on right move, but if it's let, it probably won't go on because they can't cope with that sort of thing. Yeah. And that's, that's really, really important. And those are the opportunities because I think to do well at auction, one of the things you're looking to do is to reduce the bidding competition. So when the bidding's got to reserve and the bids of you, hopefully you're the only person who's going to be bidding on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, you know, from the whole auction market is, is quite different. And, you know, for, for me, it's, it's been great for finding stuff that's a little bit, a little bit unsaleable in the retail market, i.e. local estate agents may have tried, but, you know, not gone through because of mortgaging issues or, or whatever. Mm. Or, you know, there's, you can't get viewings on the properties or, or maybe there's an asset manager. That, that's always a big reason for using the auction. Maybe it's a yep. public body and they, they want to uh, meet their kind of internal controls to, to make sure the thing's being sold, you know, in a free and fair way and everybody yeah. gets to, to see it and all that sort of stuff. So there's some big benefits. But, I mean, I, I often see quite a few come up on which you can't do viewings at auction. Mm. And, you know, that always interests me because I, I, I used to think to myself, well, bloody hell, how, you know, if you can't see the inside of a property, well, it must be worth a hell of a lot less because, you, you know, it may be burnt out, there may be, you know, no staircase, no kitchen, no services... You 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 need to bid a hell of a lot less, and 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 I um I was really interested in, in one in particular, and um, someone gave me an idea one day. They said, "Well, look, everybody else is going to be bidding a hell of a lot less, but do you think mm. if you could get into the property somehow, you know, you might be able to to bid a little bit more and have a, a brilliant deal?" So I started thinking about that. So I just knocked on the door, and mm. the tenant was there. It was quite difficult, and I paid him a twenty quid viewing fee, and they let me in. And so, <laughs> yeah, so so all of a sudden, I, I you know, it's not going to work every time, but I've done it two or three times now, and you, you just you just give them 20 quid, just so that, that yeah, well, it is a viewing fee, interested in buying it, it's coming up at auction, you know, happy to leave you in as a tenant, you know, as long as they pay, and um, yeah, I've had some great deals that way. Um, That's spooky, Mark. I was at a, an auctioneer's lunch, Christmas lunch, uh, 
last Thursday, sitting next to a guy who, who deals in Clapham lot where I, I have a house. And he said exactly the same thing. He said, one of the best deals, he said, his catalogue says no viewing. Yeah. I went and knocked it on the door, yeah. gave the tenant a few quid. He bought it for for uh, 50 grand less than it was worth. It was sold, <laughs> he sold it straight away for another 50 grand. Yeah. He said, best 50 quid I've ever spent. Yeah. Yeah, because nobody was bidding. He he bought it on reserve. Nobody wanted to buy because they couldn't get in to see. Yeah, it's a there's a few little tricks like that at auction yeah. that you can uh, bring to bear, which reduce um, the competition. Yeah, reduce the competition and 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 get it for the right money. Which you know that's what we all want to do, isn't it? We want a deal. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we yeah. want to have a deal and uh, either remortgage it or, or or sell it on, flip it. Yeah, lots of opportunities there. But yeah. if you, you know, the profits in what you buy it for, not what you sell it for. Of course, yeah. you've got to buy it right. Of course you have. Of course you have. So, David, look, you've been doing this a while. Eighty-eight, is that right? You, you yeah, well, nineteen ninety. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at my um, length of May nineteen ninety. We started the business. Yeah. It was a Saturday. Yeah. So twenty-six years this business has been going. I mean, it's, it's a well-tried, tested, tested business, and, and provided a lot of value to people, including myself, over the years. You must have had some big setbacks with essential information over the years. You know, I'm, I'm sure some of the auction houses or, or, or other competitors in the market have caused you some grief or maybe authorities. What, what's the single biggest setback that you've had and, and how did you come back from, from it? How did Gosh. you overcome it? There must have been some legal stuff somewhere along the way. You know, you'd use your past experience at the bar. and Well, you know, and we hadn't really discussed before this, the sorts of questions. Yeah. I, I can honestly say... There's always been the odd issue. We had a situation when a member of the staff was uh, disgruntled, very disgruntled, and he, yeah. he ceased working for me. And we used to load manually the results for an auction house, mm-hmm. and he wrote a very derogatory comment about an auction house, and some people were downloading what they thought would be the auction results, and it was <laughs> a, a yeah, note yeah, allegedly yeah, from yeah. us. Yeah. I mean, that was probably the yeah. worst mm. situation that happened. I've got a very simple motto in, in two main ones, really. One is we strive to look after everybody better than we expect to be looked after ourselves, and so yeah. you know that we don't have sort of any formal customer care policies it's, it's make sure they're looked after better than you'd expect to be looked after in your position and i don't want a penny off anybody they're not delighted to give it to us and and actually with those two guiding principles issues you know we're very diligent about what happens we've got i've got a very dedicated team if i told you my co-director's been with me 20 years somebody else here 15 jade's been with us 12 10 so People absolutely, it's not just a job working, they, they love it. Like, And I've met a lot of your team, Mark, and they're exactly the same. That, I think, if you've got a great team, is is one way of stopping challenges. Yeah, yeah there's, been, there's been issues along the way, but, but but dare I say, no sort of real major hurdles, or, or they don't seem like that. I mean, I came into work today with a bigger step, biggest spring in my step than I did first day 26 years ago. You know, just love what I do. Well, it's, it's you're passionate, great. you're passionate, aren't you? And, um, you know, I think the fact that you're an investor and you buy some of this stuff yourself uh, makes you the customer as well, so you really understand um, what your customers are looking for. Every planning meeting we have about the website is, what would I have wanted or what do I want? How would I want it to work? So I I use this site a little bit. I don't buy a great deal. Uh, I use this site in absolute anger as in, 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 in a real life scenario yeah. and, and it's, it's not theoretical it wasn't dreamt up in, in a classroom or a laboratory this is real this is what people want and yeah. we really listen you know if people press feedback I'm onto them onto their qu- question I thank them because somebody replying to a, a feedback probably speaks for 10, 100,000 people yeah. and I really appreciate it when somebody takes the trouble to say I've just noticed this on your website it's yeah. fantastic news yeah. you know, I wish more people did it because 
you know the human input is is what every business needs you know and you know, two ears one mouth and use them in those uh, proportions really for improving your business offering it's great fun running and, and I work with a lovely bunch of auctioneers and, and you know my my team and, and our client base yeah it's, it's fascinating to understand your philosophy and I, I think that's probably why you've been going for, for 26 years and um, you know why people continue to see value in it I mean I, I use a lot of websites but I I mean I don't do podcasts about you know websites and services and things like that because I don't you know it's just not really what you know this is about but i you know I, i'm i'm one of your biggest fans in terms of the service and um, and that's going to say that that's why um yeah that's why i'm doing this so um yeah the innovation the iteration and the the, the kind of the changes and, and 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 advancement in technology that you've seen over the years must have been quite great obviously you started with a fax now you're on the internet what, what do you think the value of, of all of this technology is has it has it helped your business a lot dramatically but one thing I can't do, you can't stop the tide of progress. And if you think you can, get off the bus. Yeah, mm. You've got to run with it. You've got to embrace it and use it. I mean, go back to the early days. We sort of cashed up our credit cards and bought two computers to run the business. They were £6,000 each for two desktops. Yeah. And they had a 20 megabyte, 20 megabyte mm. hard drive, 564K of RAM. That's yeah. all they had. I remember. Windows wasn't around. And now, I'm just, as we speak, I've got another screen. We're running an online property auction in Ireland. It's sitting on our platform. We white label it out to auctioneers. They're offering 247 lots today at auction. Some have been withdrawn. And it just tells me now that we're all the lots being offered. 60% auctions carry on to five up. 60% are sold. And we've raised over 20 million euros. Mm. You know, so we've gone from a fax machine, which is a dinosaur, through to online auctions, which I'm monitoring live online on another screen. It's just incredible and everything in between, you know, just the ability to host legal documents. We host the legal documents for about 70% of all lots going to auction. We have a legal document leave our server every five seconds. I'm humbled incredible. that we should be running that system and it just runs like clockwork. Every five seconds on average, another document leaves. You know, it's over two million a year. And who would have thought that 20 years ago that we'd be doing that? You know, We have thousands of people watch auctions online and listen. You know, I've got such a great team who make this sort of thing happen. And, and we all not dream, but think, how can we make the business incrementally better? You must be a bit of a techie, David. You no. No? Absolutely not. I was trying to watch, uh, last night, <laughs> I was trying to watch The Apprentice on, on the Humex, on the you know, Sky PVR at home. We've only had it 10 years. I still have to say to the wife, which button do I press to get to it? No, I'm not. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> 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 I mean, e even Mark, to get your get your Skype address into Skype. I had to go and say something. Where did I put it? But it's not what I can do. I have yeah, the vision yeah. as to what I want to be able to do. Yeah. And I'll sketch, you know, I'll, I'll go to my recycling bin behind my desk and I'll call some of the team and say, I'll have this idea. And I sketch out a form or a design and say, right, that's what we want to build. And they go away and make it happen. So are you the, you're the ideas man, but are you the kind of, do you build teams? Do you, do you, um, you're there kind of inspiring people and, and, and pushing them forward? Uh, you're, uh, you're the visionary yeah the conductor visionary but everybody in my team comes up with ideas yeah how many have you got on your team how many uh, 16, 16 in total 16 now yeah 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 and they're all great team members and what i say to everybody is interesting i say look if you have the great idea fantastic but if you can come up with something once a week which is going to make our business 0.1 percent better by the end of the year collectively we're going to be completely different mm. 
and a guy came into me just yesterday. He said, David, he said, I think I got the point one percent. And it was just the way we did something on an internal form. It would have saved him maybe three or four minutes a day, yeah. but crucially, it would make his work just that incrementally slightly better. Yeah. So we're looking for the small, small wins all the time. We implement them. We make the software run slightly better. We might look at our web form. It, it could be, David, on the website, why don't we start the cursor, drop the cursor there when somebody goes not there? Yeah. It's those little things which make the difference. And when you do that for 26 years and you've got 15 people doing it, <laughs> everybody can make the difference. The, 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 there's a compounding effect, isn't there, over 26 years? Yeah. Because uh, it's also a mindset. It, everybody's wants to come up with that 0.1% idea. Sometimes it's a 1% idea, but I don't mind whatever it is. It's the mindset. How can we make what we do very slightly better? And do they do it because they, they love providing that value or do you, yes. do you incentivize them? Do you pay them uh, for it? Or Well, you know, there's always, there's always a pub in the evening, isn't there? Um, <laughs> no, but, yeah. but, but they actually like to think. They thought of something yeah. and I say, Tommy, can you do that? Yeah. And Tommy does it and then he'll send a note around Chris has had an idea, so I've just deployed a new version of the date of the control which runs our systems, and it now does that. If it's a big change, if it's a little change, then we all know. But it, it it's not a competition. But people, you know, there's a good feeling when you when you say to the boss, "Look, yeah. I've had this idea. It's fantastic. I love it." So you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, none of this would have been possible without having a very dedicated team working with me. Nobody works for me. Everybody works with me. And that's really important. And everybody has an opinion and a view and can bring something to the party. Yeah. I had a lad uh, on, and we're very keen on getting kids in on work experience. And I, had a, we were rebranding last year and a, a young lad, 16 year old lad came in and I said, look, we've got a meeting with the designer and I want you to sit in this meeting. I said, you're not sitting in on this meeting just because you're on work experience. You're sitting in because I want your view. You're my customer tomorrow. You're my client tomorrow. And we were talking, and you've mentioned it already today, Mark, you were talking about how you sort of wait for the emails to come in from us telling you what's coming up for sale in Peterborough. Am I right? Yeah, I do. I, absolutely. Yeah. I, I just, we, it, as soon as it pops in, as soon as I yeah. see that essential information, I just scan straight down to the town, just make sure they're all Peterborough, and just look at the Peterborough lots, and then exactly. basically disregard all the others because I'm not interested. And, well, he and it said, saves me so much time. Yeah. We were talking about the layout of the email and that sort of thing. He said, David, I said, yes, Callum he said I don't use email what are you doing about whatsapp and facebook and and we just we just considered that email was a de facto community it took a 16 year old to tell me that we've really got to look at social media yeah you have mm. so so everybody work experience actually and we we have a we're now reviewing that fairly seriously as to how we can get into those spaces I've just been told we can't communicate by whatsapp from the computer well we can't yet the word can't doesn't exist in my book all it means is we're temporarily blocked from doing what we want to do is, is my kind of view with the word can't but yeah that, that that's that's how we we make the business you know better and, and, and deliver better value for everybody and, and enjoy you know so every day is a new day for us yeah i mean that's an interesting thought process actually i mean at progressive we're on you know facebook um and, and twitter um in you know, a reasonably big way and we do social media courses as well i you may have seen some of those when you came over I, I'm, I'm just trying to get around my head how clearly you'd market your business through Facebook and you'd answer questions and things like that. But I'm, I'm just trying to think in my head how you'd what format you would use Facebook in to, to you know, to, to further your auction business. So I don't know, maybe you'd be distributing the, the, <laughs> the results or, or whatever, but it wouldn't be. 
I don't know, maybe you'd have lots of different channels and you could do it in little communities and things like that. But it's it's definitely, it's got to be going that way, hasn't it? Well, um, well you're going to laugh yeah. at my answer to that question. Yeah. I'm a paid-up member of uh, Paul Mahoney's course to find out. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Brilliant. So you're doing the course, you're doing the... Yeah, uh, I've, got a, I've got another seminar I've been fascinating. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. got another, I mean, isn't it, yeah. you know... I, one minute, one minute, I'm 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 up on the stage talking. The next minute, yeah. I'm having the benefit of one of those courses because yeah. I see that as a huge way forward. Yeah. And for me, it's a tiny investment in Paul to understand the mindset. And I went on that taster where I saw you the other day, and yeah, yeah. it just opened my eyes. And, and his thought process was was I would never have got there in a million years without him prompting. And I thought, well, if a course is half as good as what he says, there, uh, I'm going to get a lot out of it. So ask me after I've been on the. Uh, two-day event next uh, February. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll see you in the office, no doubt. So, uh, yes. yeah, I will do. <laughs> no, but it, it is crucial. And yeah. I don't understand it. You know, I get my daughter to show me around Facebook and yeah. Twitter, and she's 15, but I want to understand it, not only from a from a, uh, how you use it to communicate, but how yeah. you use it for, for business purposes. And I, and I like what Paul's going to, you know, what he says he's going to talk to us about. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's a, a huge thing now, and, uh, and a lot of our marketing is done there, and it, there's a lot of revenue through it. But it, it doesn't take that long to to understand it you know you'll you'll uh, I'm sure you'll be you'll be using it and that, that probably is where your business is going I would have thought very um, much so yeah so you know there are people in business who are a little bit earlier on than, than you are David and, you try to say I'm senior no <laughs> no not in terms of age in terms of experience you know you, you've been doing this a while and you've seen a lot of stuff but you know you're very modest but you know, there'll be lots of people hitting brick walls and not being able to see a way forward in their business. What advice would you give someone? You know, what what generic advice would you get give somebody who's hit that brick wall and can't see a way forward? Don't believe you're always right in what you're, you've decided, and try and, and you know talk with people and listen to other people's views. Too many times, I'm probably guilty of this. You go to somebody for advice and yet you tell them the answer you want to hear. Yeah. You know, you've got to listen and see it from their point of view and, and, and ask the question. Talk to people. I would say I spend two, three hours a day talking to clients. I'll pick, I'll pick, pick up phone randomly and talk to a subscriber and say, you know, how are you getting on? Tell me, how, how would you make it better? And if there's an issue, pick the first thing I phone, if I ever get a, a, a and it happens very, very rarely, somebody who's not, who's less than delighted, if they're delighted, I phone them up and say thank you. If they're less than delighted, I phone them up and and discuss it with them. I try and avoid having big, long diatribes by email. He said, yeah, we said, yeah, look, yeah. hi. First thing is, hi, David here. Sounds like we, as a team, didn't perform in ex- uh, and exceed your expectations. And I want to put that right as best I can. I can't go past, what are we going to do going forward? And actually, that will knock the winds out of most people's sails. They don't get that. It's normally a defensive or, you know, I refer you. The, so many times you get a reply back, uh, let me refer you to clause four, paragraph B of our conditions of business, which you agree to when you click the button. Yeah. That's not what I want to hear. No. They want to hear, yeah, okay, you, you nod. And 99 people out of 100 say, yeah, fair play. You've put your hands up or you've accepted our position and you're moving forward from it. Mm. So I think if, 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 if you're having trouble, you know, that's maybe dealing with people who aren't happy, which fortunately is very rare for us to have to do. But if you're having trouble making the business work, you know, have an honesty check. Is it really the right place to be? And and sometimes, you know, I, I've pursued projects which, and ventures which, you know, you, you, you can get to a stage if, if the market's telling you and your trusted friends and people who aren't just going to tell you what you want to hear are telling you, sometimes it is not a good idea to throw good money after bad and maybe tweak it a bit. 
Um, and I think we, we've done things in our business. We've tried uh, a few projects on the way. And and what I've learned, I've got, behind me I've got a filing cabinet, and, I, and most projects I'll write a little paper up how it's going to work. It's full of things which haven't worked. But whenever I put one in the hasn't worked drawer, I know I'm one close to the one which will be has worked drawer. So don't be put off. Learn from, from where things have gone wrong and, and move forward from it. But, you know, don't flog a dead horse. And it's, it's the hardest thing and it's the bravest thing to do in business is to write off, you know, X cost of value, you know, investment in a project. If it ain't going to work, it ain't going to work. We've, we've had to do that a couple of times. We've, we've you know, ended or, or shut down one or two businesses and, uh, you know, brought them to a conclusion. You know, we've been costly, but it, you know, God, at the time it, it, it felt give, difficult, but looking back, just the best decisions we've made and wish we made them earlier. Um, well, I, I remember in, in the late 80s, you know, when we were having to deal with banks, what I learned there, Harvard University Business School wouldn't have taught me in three years what I learned. What did you learn? Well, just, just just in the end of the eighties when we had to get out of buying and selling property, you know, the banks yeah. we had to deal with them, and and you know, you can learn if you can learn from where you've gone wrong and or the error yeah. of judgment you make, you just put it in the knowledge bank and you don't make it again. Mm-hmm. That's so where much, that that kind of gut feel comes from. It's, yeah. it's the subconscious mind. Eighty percent mm. of your mind is the is the subconscious, and all those all those experiences and things that you get from. 26 years worth of business are all stored in there and, and that's what gives you that gut feeling when it's time to make a decision. Yeah, um, yeah. So if you were looking for finance or funding for a new business, where would you go for it? Gosh, I think the last place would probably be a bank. Yeah. <laughs> I've been fortunate that you know the, the nature of the business being subscription-based is... Yeah. You know, I don't spend money on anything unless I've got it, and and I'd rather put money into computers, individuals, than buy myself a car which I can't afford. Yeah. You know, and we have the best computers that you know I've got three screens or four screens on my desk, and all the teams got three, two or three. It's that kind of investment in that yeah. invest in the people, but in raising funds, I think getting if you are going for external investors, get people who don't just bring money but can bring real value and sanity checks for you. Yeah. It's important. So you know I've. I've invested in one or two businesses and I don't invest just because I'm putting the money in. It's because I feel, given my experience, I can add something to it, even if it's just over a pint of beer. So, well, look, have you considered that? And, and just uh, be a sounding... You want people who you can sound ideas off mm. and say, hang on, I don't think that's where the market is or, or look at this as... A, or even just reading advertising copy. And if you are setting up a business you know, where the, which isn't asset-based like property, I mean, property, you do go to banks because there's a value in the inherent asset but if it's yeah. a, in a in a service industry like ours then banks really aren't going to uh, look at you and think too seriously it is going to be outside investors crowdfunding seems very popular now yeah I've got a mate of mine who, who's got a, a vineyard and he's looking to raise 750,000 I think on, on it and uh, you know he's had a good response and pe- people like to feel there it's almost going back to the sort of tribal area where it's little communities are getting involved and, and the internet's been fantastic for bringing parties together it wouldn't have been possible before they get to vote don't they they, they essentially yeah. they're like well i like that business idea and it fits with my values and i think i'm going to make money out of it and yeah and, and actually a lot of it is do i like you and what you stand for uh, okay great i'll vote for that and, uh, and invest in it which um yeah i i've i put um, some projects on funding circle um, yeah. and uh, it was quite a good experience really and um yeah funded very quickly because obviously it goes through their diligence process and then uh, and then you know it's just people online just bid for it then it's really just about the cost of the money exactly and people do buy people so you know you, you 
be honest. If uh, you know, I always tell my kids and and in my life, you know, just tell the bloody truth. If you made a mistake, hands up. We cocked up. What are we going to put it right? Don't try and because the truth will invariably always come out, and you look a complete mug <laughs> if, if if you you know had somebody over and bullshit them. You know, yeah, the old expression: true. "Don't piss on my back and tell me it's raining" comes to mind. Yeah, it's true. So, investing strategies. You you're clearly involved in a you know a big investment zone or environment you know being property auctions they're they're supplying all these deals coming out all the time what single long-term investing strategy it doesn't have to be property but it but it might be what single long-term investing strategy would you say always stands the test of time always having a back door to get out yeah that's really important i've just actually come from a meeting where we've got an investment overseas a large investment overseas uh, a very small minority holder and shareholder and Company and we, uh, company, yeah. yeah, overseas on a holiday island. And, and one of the things we got some, some very large sites. We're trying to get partners. And the trick is, if you just deal with one partner, with one potential partner, that then at the last minute you just about sign, and all next thing heads of terms are changed, and you you need the money. So we always have two or three people, and they know it, so they can't then start dropping you at the altar. That's the first yeah, thing. Yeah. Have a back door, and you know what happens if you got to you know plan for the worst, and the worst won't happen. Mm. You know, fail to plan and, and etc. And that's really in, in, important on uh, investing. And and don't overextend yourself. You know, it's uh, I suppose as you get older, you do become more risk averse. I've only got looked at the way I drive motorbikes now. Thirty years ago, I was lunatic. Now I don't go over fifty. Yeah. Um, but mm. but it's very easy to and watch out for that curveball which can come in. I didn't see that one coming. It might be. It could be Brexit. I mean, Brexit was always a possibility, but sometimes things just come out. And, and if you haven't got any slack in the system to absorb it, you know, you really can be in trouble with it. Yeah. I uh, mean, it, it, I, I suppose some examples now are the stamp duty. Well, yes, that probably indeed. doesn't affect people, you know, that much on, on historical decisions. They can just choose not to buy another property. But certainly the, the removal of the, the ability to claim mortgage interest yep. relief that's got to be a, a big thing because that's retrospective and, and, and people are going to be paying perhaps tax on, on rent they haven't or profits they haven't even received. Yeah, and if they say, right, I'm going to get out of this, then they're going to get out, but the person buying it's got to pay an extra 2 or 3% yeah. on their stamp duties. They're going to factor it in the purchase price. And, of course, you're being put into a, you know, you can't win there because if you sell the property to, to avoid having to pay interest on, on the money, great, but you're going to pay more out in in capital gains tax, realizing the the uplift in the value of the asset. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I'd, I would never have thought of that, but but I like to think, you know, my gearing, not that I have much, fortunately, would mean that I wouldn't be getting into, you know, an uncomfortable position where you get another couple of things like that come out that would work. You know, sort of major, every, every flat, doesn't matter how many people, you know, imagine if they just put HMO, fire and safety regulations on, on every flat, irrespective of how many people were in it. Well, That's not, that doesn't bear thinking about, does it? No, there'd be a massive cost and, um, and it'd be, obviously it'd be disproportionate and you'd imagine they wouldn't do it, but they've done some pretty unbelievable things in the last, uh, in the last couple of years, so um, I suppose anything's possible. Uh, yes. You totally have some big costs. Expect the unexpected. Yeah. Okay, and, and you're in some way you're part of the media, um, you know, you're, you're providing information, but certainly not part of the traditional media. What would you, what advice would you give people about trusting or listening to the media, newspapers or, or, or TV or whatever, as a business person? Well, 
you're a business person, they're a business person, and they are there to uh, you know sell the advertising or get get the circulation up. They've got to balance that against getting useful copy to do it. And and I'm pleased to say, certainly in the property industry, there is a certainly a Chinese wall between the advertising department and the editorial department. That's the first thing I, I would say. I look at the States Gazette, and the, and the two don't talk. So just because you spend take full page adverts in the EG doesn't mean you're going to get a full page advertorial from the editor. No, that doesn't happen at all. But as regards dealing with the media, again, I think honesty, fairness. Do you trust them? You know, what's their history? What sort of articles have they written before? What's their uh, agenda? All these sorts of things you've got to find out and, and make sure you've got, you know, sort of no skeletons in the cupboard which might come to light later. You, know, you, you can, you know, back up all the claims you make. I think it's really, really important. Certainly, we have a lot of contacts. I've talked to journalists, well, I've spoken to two this morning already, just on little things. But really, become the journalist's friend. And it's not something you can grow overnight. They've got to trust you and always give them something rather than just being always on the take for a bit of media space. Yeah. Uh, that, that's important. Make it easy for them. Yeah. And if you were thinking certain publications which you, you might read to, you know, learn a bit more about business or about property, investing or dealing, which are some of the publications that you, you would read versus the ones you wouldn't? Sorry, publications I'd read Yeah. in terms of property? Business or property. In business, well, it's going to be the respected journals. In property, I think the magazines like Property Investor News, Your Property yeah. Network, are, are very good for for you know the client base that I have and you have. States Gazette, Property Week, and generally, I, I suppose it's things which get good reviews. The great thing about the internet is you can you can see uh, and garner people's opinions as to whether it's good or is it just trying to sell you some scheme. I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Yeah. David, that's been fascinating. I know I've enjoyed our conversation. Uh, I'm, I'm sure our listeners have as well. If people want to learn more about you or your business, what do they do? Where do they go? Well, our, our website is um, www.eigpropertyauctions.co.uk and there they can run a search and we, we're very happy to give people a, a, um, a, a, few, a two or three day trial of our website so they can see what's happened in their area. And what's coming up for sale? I mean, the, the the chance of them finding the next property they're going to buy is slim, but good luck if you do. But certainly they'll get a feel for it. And, and again, there, if they register for a trial, they get a call from one of my colleagues to take them around, make sure they get to understand how the site works and really understand what their requirements are, so we can tailor the pitch uh, to their advantage. If they've got any questions, they will ask me directly. Dial the main number, and uh, you know, I'll be put through. Or got a question by email, David S at EI Group. .co.uk. Love to hear from everybody, really. And been around here 26 years. Hopefully, there's another 26 years at least. We're here <laughs> to, you know, to tell people what's happening in the street and provide services for it. David, it's been fascinating. Thank you. Uh, Not at all, Mark. Very and, much appreciated uh, your time. And see you next year. Indeed, here comes 2017. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, David. Bye bye. Goodbye. That has been an interview with David Sanderman for Mark My Words by Mark Homer.